Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know, folks, today is National Library Workers Day? And before she drove all the way into Toronto, my co-host went to the Coburg Library to... <laughs> wish the library workers uh, greetings on their national day. And that included the head librarian, of course, the receptionist, and the drag queen. She is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of the greater Coburg area. She is Tamara Ugolini. Welcome. What an honor. Yeah, thanks, David. I always appreciate your tall tales there of library visits. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't long ago that it was National, Li was it Librarian's Day? It wasn't long ago that yes. there was another National Library Day. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like the LGBT community because I think <laughs> just recently there was the Lesbian Day of Visibility in April and I'm oh. thinking... Well, aren't they part of Pride Day, which became Pride Week, which became Pride Month, and now, according to Sheila Gunn-Reed, is Pride Season. Soon it'll be Pride Year, I guess. Pride Generation. So, yeah. And I guess there's Earth Hour. There's Earth Day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure they're working on some other uh, thing. By the way, there's another day on the calendar today, which I thought was interesting. National Hug a Plumber Day. I guess the whole Me Too thing, it hasn't come to the plumbing industry yet. <laughs> Those poor plumbers, be prepared. You know what? I wish, I, I, I'm telling you, if this uh, journalism shtick ever dried up, and you know what? With AI being what it is, uh, maybe we're about to be uh, replaced by kinder, gentler terminators in the near future. <laughs> but I wish I had the skills to be a plumber, to be an electrician, and I tell that to people, if, you know, don't put your kids into university taking crazy bird courses like gender studies. Go to the trades. There's yeah. so much money there. The trades are begging for great workers. If I had to do it all over again, that's where I'd go. I mean, we had our uh, our longtime employee, Brian, <clears throat> a couple of years ago. He left to become an electrician. And mm. I thought that was fantastic. I signed his farewell card. I said, uh, dear Brian, please, when you're working with electric electrical appliances and whatnot, do not get electrocuted. But if you do get electrocuted, I hope you don't die and instead become like the Spider-Man villain, Electro. Yeah. There you go. All the villains. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. David Menzies in a past life would have been a plumber or an electrician. Yes. All right. So if you're just tuning in from home, we're not going to discuss David's pet projects and his his um, school wishes, how he would have deviated from his journalistic path, which I'm sure all of our viewers at home are so happy that you set forth onto. Um, but this is our daily live stream where we dissect some news of the day and some of our own stories. And for anyone joining us at home, you're probably watching us on one of, I think it's five different platforms that we stream on. So YouTube, where we have a massive following there, despite the fact that they have completely demonetized us. And really, we, we kind of teeter on that fine line of being deplatformed completely. We have to unfortunately self-censor if we want to stay on YouTube. But we're also on Rumble, Odyssey, um, Twitter, and Getter. Mm. 
And so because YouTube's demonetized us, you can only engage with us directly on Rumble and Odyssey through HyperChat or a Super Chat. And so that's a fun way for you to give us a small monetary donation of $5 or more. And then we will read your comment on screen and maybe it's a tip or you want to get our feedback or just banter with us. So head on over to one of those other platforms if you're not there already. Send us a little super chat because it helps fund our independent journalism. <clears throat> and much like the state broadcaster, all of our mainstream media, we don't take a dime from the government. And so other than having to self-censor a little bit to stay on certain platforms, we're allowed to report on whatever we, following the facts, wherever they may lead. And so that's what we do. I am so astonished at how you remember all that. And you know, whenever I hear Getter, I always say to myself, good thing it wasn't called Grabber. Uh, because I think of that poor fellow in the East Coast, his actual, surname folks is Grabber. And he had a vanity plate stating that for like 20 years. And then one complaint came in thinking that his surname Grabber meant grab her, speaking of me too. And they took it away from him. I mean, this is the censorious world we live in. And, uh, and which leads us to our topic, because I know um, we have to be careful when it comes to uh, anything vaccine related, uh, because the uh, great gargoyles of uh, YouTube might uh, give us the whammy if we say something incorrect in terms of uh, a thought crime. But um, I see, oh, goodness gracious, Tamara, blackface. He's at it again. He's going on about misinformation and disinformation. This is the guy. I've lost track of the scandals. Um the We Charity, the Trudeau Foundation, uh, Chinese interference allegedly in our elections, um, SNC Lavalin, Jody Wilson Raybould. I, I mean, Aga I, Khan. oh yeah, like I said, I've lost track. You know, it's like I need a, a score uh, card. But um, yeah, he's um, going on about uh, misinformation and disinformation vis-a-vis uh, -vis information surrounding the vaccines. Let's see what Blackface has to say and try to make sense of it all. Oh, gosh. Good luck. <laughs> oh, we're in perpetual load oh, mode. Oh, it, it's the wheel of death. Well, you know what? Um, I'll tell you, maybe that's a gift. Uh, when, <laughs> when, when blackface is censored by the tech gremlins, uh, who am I to complain? Uh, oh, I think we got it now. Here you go. Well, if someone looks outside and says it's a beautiful bl blue sky sunny day today... <laughs> We would know that's wrong because our experience here in Ottawa, uh, our experience looking out the window tells us otherwise. We experienced it differently. But if someone says the earth is flat, you can see extensive YouTube pages devoted by people who've decided, and this is a recent phenomenon over the past decade or so, that the earth is flat because their experience as they look out to the horizon is, boy, the earth sure looks flat. So it can't just be about perception. You look on the Weather Channel. Oh, it's raining in Ottawa. Okay, so it's not a blue sky, sunny day. We have to agree that we're going to agree with the Weather Channel on this. Or with the scientists from Environment Canada who are saying that it is sunny today in Ottawa or it is rainy here today in Ottawa. There has to be an acceptance that there are experts out there that create a 
basis of fact that was built up on in generations to tell us that, you know, water is wet and it freezes at <laughs> zero degrees Celsius and it, you know, there, there are scientific realities that have been proven and accepted. And the challenge that we have now is that increasingly misinformation and disinformation <laughs> is carrying people to believe things that are untrue. And vaccinations is a perfect example oh. of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tamara, is that not rich? Blackface lecturing us on disinformation and misinformation. And uh, one of his examples is vaccines. And I know you've got lots to say oh, about gosh. that. But i got to ask you a question. Given that delivery, and I know he's a former part-time drama teacher, was he auditioning there for the host of Romper Room? I felt like this was a a, a junior kindergarten teacher uh, lecturing the little kids in the classroom on blue skies and a sunny day. I mean, th that was embarrassing. It really was. It coming from the government who, you know, espoused this claim as safe and effective and now is slowly trying to backpedal on the fact that they incentivized people to go out and get this vaccine when really their incentivization was straight up coercion because they stole people's gainful employment, stole away their ability to get EI, so employment yep. insurance for anyone who was found to be in non-compliance with a workplace safety mandate, mm -hmm. i.e. the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Um, so it's really funny to see because we have the receipts. We actually have all of the clips where Trudeau espoused very segregationist rhetoric about who is and is not vaccinated and who is and isn't putting people at risk. I mean, he even went so far as to say, don't you dare think that you can get on a plane, a train, or a, I think he said yeah. automobile, um, and put my children at risk. Mm. The rhetoric mm. espoused by Trudeau when he campaigned on the COVID-19 wedge issue of vaccination uh, was was astounding to see from a an apparently democratic leader but now they're backpedaling completely and pretending like none of that stuff happened um actually we have the next clip here is that trudeau says he didn't force anybody to get the jab oh yeah right like any modern bit of medical advancements there are potential side effects in vaccinations, and there you know, are people who've probably gotten very sick from vaccinations on the billions of people who've been vaccinated against COVID over the past few years. But there are far more people who obviously have died due to COVID, died from not getting vaccinated. And the idea that people can fly in the face of science, well, individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. But I make a distinction, and I have always have, between someone choosing for personal reasons to choose not to get vaccinated, and someone deliberately using misinformation to mislead 
and scare other people with so-called facts that aren't facts at all, that lead them to make a choice that endangers their lives and the lives of other citizens. So as Prime Minister, through the greatest public health crisis that we've faced in a hundred years in this country, since the Spanish flu, my responsibility was to keep as many Canadians alive as possible. And all of the scientists and the medical experts and the researchers, not just in Canada, but around the world, understood that vaccination was going to be the way through this. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, I chose to make sure that all the incentives and all the protections were there to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. And that's exactly what they did. We got vaccinated to a higher level than just about any other of our peer countries. And that's why we had a less deadly pandemic than most other countries. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Tamara, uh, blackface does it again. Um, you know, he is correct, folks. There were no forced vaccinations, i.e. the federal government didn't have vans shanghaiing people off the streets and jabbing a needle into their arms. But that's not to say there was no coercion, you know, mm -hmm. like being suspended without pay, yep. which is a fancy way of saying you're fired. Unless you, if you don't get the jab, you're not going to have your job. That is the, I mean, talk about misinformation and disinformation, Tamara. If he was giving his government and other governments, municipalities, provincial governments, there's plenty of blame to go around here. They were giving people, millions of Canadians, an economic death sentence unless they complied. Mm -hmm. To me, that is a forced vaccination. I'm sorry. Well, and that's one of the WHO's, the World Health Organization's number one social determinant of health is mm -hmm. your ability to be gainfully employed and having that financial security. Yep. And that was <clears throat> stolen from people by this same government all throughout 2021. I mean, personally, I have a friend who I don't know if they'll go back to working with the federal government, but had a job with the federal government in 2021, was pregnant did not want to receive this experimental injection, despite being very much pro other vaccines and uh, had to go on an early maternity leave because it came push was coming to shove and there was decisions that had to be made. And so has been on an early and now extended maternity leave ever since. And I don't know what will happen in the end. But it's very clear from also the people that I've heard from both in journalistic reporting, but also in my personal life, that this government instituted a heavy handed vaccine mandate. Either you get it or you'll <clears throat> face job loss. And the funny thing is that these injections were once sold to us as 100 percent safe and effective. Right. You you there was no risk of a vaccine reaction. And now you have our fearless 
leader, Justin Trudeau, acknowledging that there are risks. Well, where were you the last two plus years stating that these were 100% safe and effective for everyone from six month olds up until, you know, you're on your deathbed? Oh, 100%. And, you know, here's an anecdote. Tamara, and I don't know if you're coming across this uh, more and more frequently, because I sure am. Just last week, I was at my eye doctor for an appointment. I was speaking to the assistant to my eye doctor, and she told me, a lovely lady in her 40s, very healthy, she said that she got the two jabs and the two boosters. Wow, four. Yes. (laughs) Total buyer's remorse. You want to know why? She got COVID three times wow. after two jabs. And so, it I mean, it doesn't even work. Well, I mean, and, and the people that are pro-vaccine, they say that, um, oh, yeah, you got COVID. But you see, here's the benefit. If you hadn't had your jabs, uh, it would have been much more severe. How can you prove that? Exactly. You can neither prove or disprove that. I also want to say, too, in the first clip, this I really take umbrage to this. Trudeau comparing um, people who have hesitancy to getting vaccinated with an experimental mRNA vaccine. He called them, he he drew the parallel to flat earthers, Mm -hmm. right? It's not the first time. But that's astonishing. And I know know we're going to get, you know, feedback from people that believe this. There's even a flat earth convention that takes place every Mm -hmm. year. I'd love to cover that. Uh, I think it would be a descent into madness. But I think that's more a product of the internet. I mean, put another way, uh, Tamara, you're you're aware of the bronies, right? These are- Jabronis? Ma- no, not jabronis, <laughs> the bronies. These are mature adult males that are obsessed with My Little Pony. Oh. And what I'm saying, and until recently, there was an annual convention, drew thousands of them. And I think before the internet, Tamara, it, say I had that obsession. You know, I'd be in my basement going, oh, my God, I am obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with You're a cartoon. You're not making this up. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm obsessed with a cartoon that's targeted towards girls age three to seven. Gross. What is wrong with me? Uh, you know, I, I, I need psychiatric help. But you go onto the Internet and you know what? You find out there's clubs, there's conventions, there's thousands of people like that. Hey, I'm I'm part of a thing, you know, I, I'm a brony and, and say it loud, say it proud. This has been one of the most unfortunate effects, I think, uh, on misinformation and disinformation. It's well, just the, the very existence of the Internet. Let's not forget that this government was the purveyor yeah. of mis and disinformation throughout the onset of the pandemic. Right at the beginning, March 2020, our public health overlord, uh, chief medical chief public health officer, Teresa Tam, well, she couldn't decide whether or not we should close the borders. At first, it was racist yeah. and oh, xenophobic. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we should close the borders. And then at first, it was masks don't work. They do nothing to stop the spread of a virus, an invisible virus at that. Um, And then all of a sudden masks do work. And so the flip flopping of this government throughout the last three years, but very heavily in those first few months of the pandemic, as they disregarded completely all of the well-established pandemic response plans that we had in place, both as a country and also provincially, 
um, they have been the leaders of misinformation. Yep. And now they're just <laughs> flipping that script onto anybody who was actually following the science or following the facts and pointing out those loopholes. So this is really an interesting unfolding. And there's no acknowledgement of a need for an apology here. This is just trying to cover your yeah. rear end. No, and, and Tamara, I'm surprised you forgot the biggest lie of all. Remember, two weeks to flatten the curve? Remember yes. that? You know what that reminded me? There, there's a, a movie from, I think it's 1985. It's called The Money Pit. I think Tom Hanks is the star in it. Uh, and uh, it's not re a very good movie. I don't recommend it. But what I did like, there's a running joke. It's this couple, they inherit this mansion, uh, but it requires extensive renovations. So there's plumbers, there's construction workers, electricians are all working on this. And they say throughout the entire movie, uh, how long is it going to be until you're finished? And the stand pat answer is two weeks. And the funniest part is that midway through the, the film, Hanks is losing it. He says, look, you've been saying two weeks all this time. I want to know right now, right now, how long is it going to take for this renovation to be completed? And the guy goes, seriously, two weeks. That's it. And it fades to black. And then it opens up again. And the title card says, six months later. And the house looks exactly the same. That was the uh, unfunny comedy of the pandemic, this nonsense, two weeks, oh, another two weeks. Would you believe two months? How about two years, two decades? Um, you know, and that really, uh, and also from what we know to uh, Tamara, um, I look at some of our leaders like the now disgraced John Tory, right? Mm -hmm. Here's a guy that sicked the mounted unit on Adam Skelly, shut down Adamson's barbecue. Uh, here's the guy that was having the Parks and Rec people paint social distancing circles, 800 of them at Trinity Bellwoods Park. And you got to stay in your circle. And if you get out of the circle, you're going to get an $860 fine. Here's a guy that was so holier than thou, even recommending masking between bites while you mm -hmm. eat. And yet what, have, what did we find out during this very time? Uh, he was chasing Emily Hillstrom around the cottage, his words, mm -hmm. in an email that went to the wrong person, by the way. You know, so th the audacity, the chutzpah that these moral authorities, uh, they weren't just, you know, fudging the rules. They were disintegrating the rules when it came to their own livelihoods. The exact hypocrisy of the bureaucracy that we point out repeatedly yep. is that what's your saying? Rules for rules for me and uh, for rules for thee. That's right. That's yeah. right. So well, as John Tory is locking you up inside of your house, telling you to stay home and save lives, he was also gallivanting over to Florida, his that's vacation right. home. His $10 million mansion. And I don't know if we ever, we, we had drone footage of somebody coming out of that mansion this is never a good look, folks. Never do this, even if you are guilty, because it looks even worse. The person put their coat over their head because right? <laughs> they didn't want to be seen. You know, we'll eventually find out. So, I, uh, yeah. And also, I, I openly question, where was Mrs. Tory uh, getting her hair done? Because uh, mm. she ne not, not a single hair looked out of place 
uh, during that pandemic. That's you by know, the way, uh, the reason I wear a hat. It's interesting that you say that because my local medical officer of health who quietly retired toward the end of 2020, um, when we were all told that cash was unsafe, remember there was that heavy <laughs> promotion of using Interact and digital interface to pay with. So she was going to a local hairstylist and someone who was there tipped me off that she was paying cash for her salon services mm. at a time when all of these medical officers of health were in unison saying to, you know, encouraging touchless interaction and the, discouraging the use of dirty, grimy, COVID spreading cash. And, you know, the most despicable thing of all, and we covered it, certainly, uh, Tamara, was gyms being forced to shut mm -hmm. down. So you're out of work. You're at home. Uh you can't go to the gym to do something healthy, such as lift weights or do cardio exercises. And then you've got fat bastard himself, Premier Doug Ford, recommending that everybody eat cherry cheesecake. Yeah, great advice, Premier. I guess we really want to increase obesity, heart disease, diabetes, high cholesterol. Unbelievable. But those were our so-called leaders yes. uh, during the pandemic. You know, Tamara, we have to break for an ad. Before we go to an ad break, let's just get, read out this one super chat oh, because right it relates on. to the topic. Okay. And then we'll head to an ad break. Um, Adamot gives $5. I guess blackface never heard of the old <laughs> joke that weathermen are like politicians. Both are liars. What a bad analogy to use for his mis- and disinformation campaign. That whole speech was a lie. Oh, Adama, you are speaking my language. I've <laughs> long said, Tamara, that the best gig on the planet is being a weatherman or weatherwoman, weather person, however you want to frame it. You weather say, person. you know, it's going to be uh, about 9 to 12 degrees and there's like a 40 to 80 percent chance of rain. And you can even even with those ranges, you can be absolutely dead wrong. And yeah. you know what? You never get a memo. You never get reprimanded. You never get fired. Uh, you can fail every day and uh, still be gamefully employed. Yeah. Uh, much like blackface has failed us every day since 2015 and still gamefully employed and gets a raise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we'll go to a quick ad break. We'll come back for more. Righto. The Tamara Leach has been released from jail. Western separatist Tamara Leach. Leach will remain in custody. We have breaking news out of Ottawa to tell you about. A judge has made a decision on whether to grant bail for Tamara Leach, one of the leaders of that recent demonstration in Ottawa. You may have seen me on the news, but there's more to my story. In my new book called The Line, I share the story of the Freedom Convoy from the heart of the Freedom Convoy. It's a story of hope, courage, and coming together as a community in the Canadian way. You can buy my new book at theconvoybook.com, and in that book, you're going to hear stories from the heart of the convoy, as well as my arrest and my time in jail, like you've never heard them before. Until very recently, I've been quite silent because of my bail conditions, but now I'm ready to tell my story, my side of the story. I know the mainstream media isn't going to be fair to me, as they've already called me and my friends from the convoy terrorists. 
there is increasing concern about violent online rhetoric supporting the convoy and that those with extreme views are planning on attending. The mayor, who uh, made, a, in my estimation, just a horrendous decision to negotiate with terrorists. So I'm launching a book tour across Canada. We'll be doing interviews, signing books, and saying thank you to all Canadians for your support. I've partnered with Rebel News to crowdfund for the cost of my book, as well as our advertising campaign. With your help, we'll be purchasing ads and billboards to spread the word about my book. We'll also be upgrading my home studio, which will enable me to do interviews all around the world. If you're a shop owner or a business owner and you'd like to have a book signing, please fill out the form on our website, which you can find here. And if you'd like to make a donation for the tour, we'll greatly appreciate it. The first 500 people to send in a donation of $200 or more will receive a free signed copy of my book. Hold the line, my story from the heart of the Freedom Convoy. The last time I drove across Canada, something very special happened. Let's make that happen again. Go to theconvoybook.com. Thank you. Oh, what a delightful lady, mm -hmm. uh, Tamara Leach is. You know, I, I love the title, of course, Hold the Line. And I remember back when the tr trucker convoys were happening, Tamara, uh, hold the line. Oh, what a bunch of white supremacists. It's an insurrection. You know, bring in the Emergencies Act. And yet, last week, I'm looking at the Public Sector Alliance of Canada, all those federal workers, more than 155,000 of them, and they're tweeting out, hold the line. Uh, say, uh, Tamara, do you think blackface is going to invoke the Emergencies Act again? You know, same language. I was wondering the same, but then I noticed that none of them could show up on the weekend because their cause <laughs> is true. so important to them. And it's so crucial that they get out there on the picket lines and have their voices heard. But none of them could come out when they weren't being paid to do so on Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, Oh, and when um, Lincoln and I went to cover uh, the picket line in Toronto, uh, not only would not yeah, not a single one of them would make a comment, but it was uncanny. Talk about bankers hours. By the time 4 p.m. rolled around, uh, it was like just a, a few remaining stragglers. Uh, maybe they're waiting for their Uber rides or something. But, it, you know, and that's that that is a significant number, 4 p.m., because that's mm -hmm. one of their demands. If they work past 4 p.m., they get uh, a special bonus of uh, such a rate, you know. If they can even make it into the office. Oh, yeah. Work. Yeah. They want to telework. That means work from home. Perpetually. You know. Um, and remember, the reason for that was COVID. Yes. Uh, COVID's gone. It's in the rearview mirror. Get back to work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, th that's too much to ask for. But uh, and now um, and of course, they said and I, I, I noted the language of the, uh, the head of the PSAC. Uh, we're not going to inconvenience Canadians yet well mm -hmm. as of yesterday guess what they started in inconveniencing canadians they've now gone to uh some ports like in montreal and uh and he has hinted they'll be going to airports soon mm -hmm. and even uh land bridge crossings uh so his advice is um yeah factor in extra hours of travel time hours yeah, you know, it, it's really easy for uh, this jabroni to say that uh, he gets paid for every hour and probably time and a half after 4 p.m. Uh, but for the rest of us and, you know, and, and the audacity too, the CRA is out on strike, Canada mm -hmm. Revenue Agency, and they're saying, but oh, pay your taxes on time or else. I mean, Tamara, this is a slap in the face 
to hardworking Canadians in the private sector that don't get this kind of entitlement. I mean, what the government's offering, 9% over three, three years, everyone I know says they'd be doing cartwheels if the boss said that to them. Yeah. But instead, uh, we're not the anointed ones. We're not the federal bureaucracy. Well, what's always interesting is when the feds strike, no one notices. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that unfolds. I'll tell you something, Tamara, because I'm of an age where I remember this. Back in the 70s, Canada Post almost on an annual basis went out on strike and they literally held the country hostage because that's how bills were paid. That's how people got yeah. paycheck, you name it. And uh, today, if Canada Post went out on strike, oh no, you mean I'm not going to get my junk mail today? Are you kidding me? It's all online. So yeah, I think a Canada Post uh, strike is now a redundant thing thank God, because of the internet. Yeah, I guess there are some good things about the internet now, right? That's right. Some, <laughs> okay. some good things. But before we move on to our next topic, I wanted to let all of our viewers know at home, so especially if you're watching us on Rumble or YouTube, that we are excited to announce that we are now live on locals.com. Mm. So that is a place where, and maybe we can pull up the, uh, the our profile there, but Locals.com is a place where we can engage with each other, share our thoughts and ideas, and most importantly, stand up for and uphold our right to free speech without the fear of censorship or being deplatformed. Um, so it's a, it's a space where you can access all of our free content but if you would like to get a little bit more, a little bit extra, then you can find all of our premium Rebel News Plus content there too. Mm. And if you become a supporter, you can get access to some of those previous shows as well, or sorry, those premium shows as well. Um, so if you head on over to locals.com, you can join our community and subscribe to it there today. And again, if you're on Rumble or YouTube, you can just, you'll see the link pop up there. So you can just click that and it's an easy redirect where you can sign up and follow us there. So we're going to be slowly building out that platform in hopes of avoiding censorship and deplatforming. Uh, so I urge and encourage everyone to go there and check it out. Speaking of hope, can you stick around after work and tutor me in this locals thing tomorrow. You know me. I mean, I'm unfrozen caveman journalist here. Fast moving cars and bright lights frighten and confuse me. And here's yet another platform. And I, I don't have a clue. So I need Tamara's help. She's a uh, well, she's smarter than your average bear. We're hoping to streamline things <laughs> through locals so that you don't have to worry about all of these other platforms, David. Don't worry. We can hold your hand through it. Please. <laughs> so, uh, well, um, Goodness gracious, uh, Lincoln J, our ace uh, photographer and editor, and myself, we went down to Kitchener last night to take in the Waterloo Catholic School Trustees uh, board meeting. And uh, basically, there were dozens of demonstrators there, very angry parents, because trustee Wendy Ashby she tweeted out, and I'm not making this up, this is a trustee of a Catholic school board, that a white Christian male is the most dangerous thing on the planet. And uh, there was a petition the parents wanted to deliver. And uh, we sat there and then we listened to a really boring presentation. And the guy said, any questions? Oh, I had a question. And they all ended up running away. Gee, was it something I said? Let's roll the video. 
You had a trustee by the name of Wendy Ashby state, the most dangerous creature on the planet is the white Christian male. Does this board condemn or Please approve be aware that this statement? It results in your removal from this proceeding should it continue. So, uh, Tamara, let me tell you and our mm -hmm. beloved audience what happened. Uh, I got ejected uh, in a due rigueur fashion. Of course. Uh, luckily, uh, they didn't know that Lincoln uh, was with me, so they had him stay. So I was on the outside. Lincoln was on the inside. Six Waterloo Regional Police Cruisers, SUVs, six of them showed up. You know, so the uh, board brought in the state muscle. And what ensued inside, because I waited for the parents to come out after they had their uh, shtick, it was like a hostage negotiation, Tamara. The police said, you know, would, would talk to the parents. What are you looking for? They'd go to the school board trustees that were all hiding in their offices. And basically, the compromise was this. One parent, and you saw the gentleman, mm -hmm. one parent can get up and make and, and ask one question or make one statement. That's it. And if you agree to that, the trustees will come back out. Um, <laughs> and after he stated the disappointment of that uh, trustee, Ashby, saying that comment, which is racist, sexist, and anti-Christian, um, not a single trustee, not a single member of that school board denounced those comments. And in addition to being a racist and a sexist, well, Ashby is also a coward, folks, because she knew there was going to be a demonstration. So guess what? She mailed it in. Yeah, she got on Zoom. She didn't dare show her face. I mean, as if she was in any danger. I mean, these are parents. They're peaceful protesters. She's the one spreading hatred and division. Tamara Ugolini, can you believe it? A trustee on a Catholic school board saying that? I can't. I was going to reiterate the fact that this is a Catholic school yeah. board and you're condemning Catholic Catholics. Yep. Um, this is just atrocious. And again, another point where it's time for the Minister of Education, oh. Stephen Lecce, to step in here because these boards have gone rogue, really. Yep. They've gone completely rogue. They're acting... Ugh, like woke ideologically driven bureaucrats yep. and with with zero accountability zero transparency and i think this is really part of why the ontario government is moving to introduce uh new legislation um let me just but they don't need to and you mentioned lecce i mean the other day i picked up a milk carton and uh i saw there was an illustration on it uh tamara 
and it was um, Lecce's spine and it had the word missing. I mean, Stephen Lecce is now like a professional uh, wrestling referee. It's like, listen, Ugolini, I've warned you eight times not to use that foreign object. And if you use it again, I'm going to warn you a ninth time. That's Stephen Lecce. And, you know, he has the power. Forget about this new legislation. He has the power when it comes to the Halton District School Board and the infamous uh, Busty Lemieux. He has the power to tell these jabronis there to implement a dress code. They won't. He has the power, if he wanted to, to dissolve a school board. It's been done in Alberta, mm-hmm. and he has the same power. And as a matter of fact, Tamara, why do we need school boards anymore? Think about it. We have a minister of education and principals are very much empowered. Why do we have these middlemen meddling with the education system? And really what we've seen in the last several years, folks, is that these aren't people committed to public service. These are Marxists using the school board trustee position as their ascent into higher politics, municipal, uh, provincial, federal, you name it. We don't need these guys. See, I would argue that your principal is actually just a glorified administrator. And so there they have to succumb to the whims of whatever the school board enforces. But if the school board were null and if they were dissolved, then yeah, perhaps that power could be put back into the hands of a principal. And I, I think that the point that you're making here is kind of a cowardice way that Lecce, our education minister, is going about all of this is by trying to introduce this new piece of legislation that looks great on paper, right? It's supposed to improve accountability and transparency in publicly funded schools. But as you've mentioned, he already has the power to do that. And obviously, uh, over the last several months, as we've seen the Busty Lemieux saga, which I don't, (laughs) which we won't get into heavily here, but (laughs) Um, I'm sure all of our viewers are familiar with it. But as we've seen over the past several months, he's just failed to act and do any of that. Oh, well, we caught him red handed earlier this month. Remember, he told folks, the New York Post, that these are not props. These are not prosthetics. These are real mammary glands. He started developing at 39. He's got this medical condition. And to the Holland District School Board, oh, this was a gift from God. You see, we can't fire him now. Uh, This would be like firing a handicapped individual because we don't like the fact that they're in a wheelchair. Uh, This is human rights. And we busted him at the Maple View Mall. He fled via an Uber car, left his real vehicle behind. So to me, Tamara, you lied to your employer. You know what? Termination with cause, period. Exactly. Nope. It's still human rights. It's still about inclusivity. So basically, the inclusivity uh, is extended to grifters, liars, and cheats. That's your Halton District School Board. They're absolutely shameful. And equally shameful is Stephen Lecce for not disbanding these bunch of woke joke educrats who really, at the end of the day, folks, they hate the parents and even hate the kids. And they don't even want to hear from the parents. And that's the really unfortunate part is that uh, this could be alleviated, I think, if there was a discussion, a debate, if parents felt like their voices were being heard, their concerns were validated, then it's likely that this could be sorted through. But uh, it's obviously not of interest to the boards to do so. 100%. Uh, Now, before we move on, we did have a super chat here from Aaron. Aaron Burton, 32, gives $5. Thank you. 
David, amazing report on the Toronto police last week. Oh. Unbelievable. Are you able to find that person who uses no preferred pronouns <laughs> and ask it how that's possible? Well, Aaron, <laughs> thank you so much for that. And what Aaron is referring to, and this is why, folks, if you're not a premium subscriber to Rebel News, please um, think that over and subscribe. I was filling in for Ezra on the Ezra Levent Show. And we broke a story. It's a hell of a scoop. It's basically the Toronto police going woke, uh, not by their own choice, mind you, you know, unlike, say, Anheuser-Busch or Disney World. Um, this they're being forced to by the Ontario Human Rights Commission. So woke that transgender people, according to the Toronto police, they don't have equal rights. They have special rights. Mm -hmm. And as an example, uh, you know, when you're put in a holding cell, and yeah, I, I speak from experience being a political prisoner in this country, you surrender your necktie, your shoelaces, your belt, anything that can be weaponized or that you can use to commit suicide. But if it's a transgendered person and they have a dildo, and that's the example given, I'm not making any of this up. Uh, that's not a sex toy. That is a so-called gender-affirming article. And you are forbidden to remove it from the trans person. And I got to tell you, uh, in a, I, I have an ex-soldier friend. Uh, he has a saying, anything can be used as a weapon. And that would include a dildo, um, uh, Tamara Ugolini. Uh, and that's the thing. You've, if you ha uh, there's an excerpt of that monologue posted uh, on um, YouTube and I believe Rumble, but if you want the full meal deal, please subscribe. And and actually, there's a picture right there. This is from the training module. We can get it over to our. Uh, you know, there you go. These are look at that, folks. I know you think you walked into a sex shop, <laughs> but no, these are gender affirming articles for the no. trans community, and uh, you dare not take away their toys. Unbelievable. It truly, truly is unbelievable. Every day I'm like, is it, have we, have we reached the peak hysteria yet? Have we reached peak nope. crazy? And then <laughs> yeah. tomorrow comes. And it's so crazy. One of the persons giving the um, training is uh, Sergeant Chevalier. And he's always so sensitive, you know. You know, thank God we have sensitive cops. I mean, I know, uh, you know, people are getting stabbed at random in Toronto, shoved off subway platforms, what have you. There he is. Um, so he gave this anecdote that he's got a niece, but the niece might be identifying as his nephew. So to avoid offense, and this is the example he's giving uh, to the cops, and you can see in the subtitles, Let's wait for it. Nibbling. It's not a niece or a nephew. It's a nibbling. Nibbling. Isn't that a, a brand of Jolly Green Giant Corn or something? It is. Nibblets. <laughs> Nibblets. That's right. <laughs> Anyhow, you know what? Before we go on, we uh, should take another ad break. Uh, this will be our second of three ad breaks. So uh, we'll see you on the other side, folks. I am doing something today that I have never tried before. Listen up. I'm looking for collaborators in a new and exciting initiative. As you most likely know, YouTube a long time ago demonetized Rebel News and we are 100% viewer funded. Now, while our supporters 
are fantastic at helping us cover legal campaigns and special reporting missions. Unfortunately, the reality is our day-to-day operational expenses often exceed our income stream, which is crazy if you think about it because my videos across all platforms attract hundreds of thousands of views and sometimes even millions. So I wanna share that reach with the right partners. If you have a product or business and want to enter a win-win relationship with me, please go to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and fill in the form to let me know. I won't be accepting anyone. I need to believe in your business or product so I can sell it proudly for you. And for successful applicants, I will guarantee a minimum view count. Meaning, even if your ad is published on the less popular reports, we'll keep promoting your business or product until it gets the agreed minimum eyeball. So again, if you have a cool company or product that either wants to take advantage of my reach or want to support my work through advertising in a way that you can write it off as a tax deduction or both, head over to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and hopefully we can join forces soon. Come on, you gotta love Avi. I mean, he is our wonder down under and uh, you know what? Uh, Given um, the rules as applied by blackface, we are indeed in the fight of our lives, aren't we, uh, Tamara Ugolini? The state wants to censor us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, classical liberal liberalism is dead. In fact, if you're a classical liberal in 2023, I think you're a conservative, aren't you? Right. Yeah. yeah. It seems like the two have kind of enmeshed yeah. throughout the yeah. uh, pandemic and the way that public health measures were handled. Oh, yeah. That was a dress rehearsal, the more and more I think of it. And I think, you know, Politicians of every political affiliation, whether it was municipal, provincial, or federal, I think they were astounded by the compliance. Yeah. They said, look, we told them to shut down their businesses. They shut them down. We told them to wear a mask. They're wearing masks. We told them to the social distance. They're, so, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're doing compliant. everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? I think power is an aphrodisiac. And yes. they got a taste of totalitarian power. And as our beloved boss, Ezra Levant says, they really like that taste big time. I what do they say? Yeah. To absolute power corrupts absolutely. You got it. You know, so, uh, yeah, the COVID-19 pandemic was part and parcel of the censorship virus we're seeing around the world right now, too. Mm-hmm. It's all about power. So, um, oh, speaking of censorship, maybe, um, what are your thoughts on the great Tucker Carlson. I love Tucker, love Tucker Carlson tonight. Um, the only person that made Fox News what it is? Well, you know, there's some other, I mean, I do like Sean Hannity, of course, uh, but you know, Tucker was the star, not just yeah. of Fox News, but of all cable news. We're talking an average audience of more than 3.3 million. And he was their star. He would think of the uh, the Oilers in the 1980s. He was Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and Grant Fuhr combined. I would argue, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the statement was a mutual parting. But we know there's something more to this story. There's so many theories and speculation out there. Where do you weigh in, Tamara? Well, it's interesting to note that his last monologue had to do with the way that big pharma has really captured media and government and and 
I would argue, the whole of society. I mean, Big Pharma has its hands in almost every cookie jar, and they are a conglomerate of financial lobbying with with huge financial lobbying capabilities. 100%. And so I think we have an excerpt here yes. from Tucker's very last monologue um, where he touched on the relationships between news organizations and how heavily they are funded by big pharma True. advertisers. So that's a really interesting thing to note here. Yes. Sometimes you wonder just how filthy and dishonest our news media are. You'll be in the shower and you'll think they're bad, but how bad are they? Well, here's one measure of their badness. You can try this at home. Ask yourself, is any news organization you know of so corrupt that it's willing to hurt you on behalf of its biggest advertisers? Anyone who do that is obviously Pablo Escobar level corrupt and should not be trusted. Sometimes you wonder just how filthy and dishonest. There you have it. Yeah. Um, and yes, on cable news networks and other cable specialty channels, it's endless pharmaceutical ads. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always get a kick, Tamara, because at the end, the last 15 seconds are all the potential side effects. It sounds it's, worse than what you've got. It's actually. like um, the auctioneer. It, oh, yeah. it, it just lists through them so quickly that you're, you're not even sure what you're listening to. Yeah. The but, one I'll never forget is anal bleeding. Uh, oh. What? <laughs> well, and then you can take another medication <laughs> yeah, to right. counteract the adverse effects of the other medication. So if you have anal bleeding, well, there's a medicine for that. And, and you know, I welcome our audience to Google the phrase brought to you by Pfizer. Yes. And it's about a five and a half minute long YouTube video of that phrase said over and over and over again by virtually every single show on every single network. Mm -hmm. You won't believe it. And, uh, you know, Pfizer, um, they've got the big bucks. They were one of the vaccine makers. I mean, you know, you think they'd be content with all their money they're making from that great uh, product, uh, Viagra. Uh, that's what a friend of mine actually said. Not uh, you, yeah. <laughs> no, no, of course not. A friend. <laughs> Asking but, for a friend. Yeah, a friend. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know this, folks, but it's a great product. But no, but, but seriously. All of um, them brought you know, to you by Pfizer, brought yeah. to you by Pfizer, brought yeah. to you by Pfizer. And so when Tucker pointed that out, oddly enough, followed suit, he was let go from from or reached a mutual consensus to part ways with Fox News. And you know what? Uh, I wonder I think what we're seeing personally, uh, Tamara, is this is the Bud Light moment for Fox News. Oh. Uh, yeah, maybe you thought he was biting the hand that feeds, but he, Tucker Carlson, that is, is your cash cow. He is your star. Mm -hmm. He's the one bringing in all those ratings. I mean, as soon as Tucker goes on, the ratings just spike. Yeah. And the idea of getting rid of him, and I mean, who could replace Tucker? Uh, it is like... Anheuser-Busch going ahead with a transvestite uh, being the spokesperson for Bud Light and then the VP of marketing who's now on leave, maybe she's never coming back, <laughs> denouncing the core base of Bud Light, you know, those frat boys. Oh, yeah. Like, let's throw rocks at uh, the consumer group that is leaving the liquor store with cases of Bud Light under their arms and try to attract the transgender uh, demographic, which is a scintilla of a percent and probably isn't interested in Bud Light. Wow, what a brilliant marketing strategy. And likewise, I'm wondering if Fox News already has uh, buyer's remorse because 
their stock went down by mm -hmm. almost 600 million U.S., I understand, since yesterday. Well, and the Marxists are only rejoicing. Oh! So we have a clip here <laughs> of uh, AOC celebrating the exit of Tucker Carlson, Alexandria, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, Ocasio-Cortez. No, just call her by AOC. AOC. <laughs> Sounds like I'm about to spit, doesn't well, I it? I don't even want to play this clip, but nonetheless, here we are. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Um, what I will say, though, is while I'm very glad that the person that is arguably responsible for the some of the largest driving some of the most uh, amounts of death threats and violent threats, not just to my office, but to plenty of people across the country. Um, I also kind of feel like I'm like waiting for the cutscene at the end of a Marvel movie after all the credits have rolled. And then you see like the villains like hand reemerge out to grip, grip over like the end of a building or something. But deplatforming works and it is important. And um, there you go. Good things can happen. Tucker. Yeah, so here's the thing, Tamara. They, that is to say the left, they're not even hiding it anymore. They're pro-censorship. They are pro-deplatforming. Mm -hmm. They brag about it. Uh, these are the same people, by the way, when it comes to a real crime, like a murderer or a rapist, uh, they'll get early parole, will drop bail. Uh, but if you commit a thought crime today, uh, that is a life sentence without parole, without rehabilitation, without a second chance. Like, these aren't classical liberals anymore. These are Marxists. These are about people tearing down society and building it back up as a Marxist utopia, which never happens. Just visit North Korea, Venezuela, Cuba, if you want the proof in the pudding. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I guess we'll see who replaces Tucker and how that will end up for the Marxists and what kind of other criticisms and critiques they will face, which they then transpire and try to claim that that equates violence and, and threats. I wonder, you know, just how accurate that is, that she's received death threats and it's a direct causation was uh, things that Tucker Carlson had said. That's that seems pretty reaching to me. Yeah. What an outrageous uh, comment. Uh, the other thing, too, that's emerged. I've been doing as much reading as possible on this uh, issue, Tamara, is uh, you recall that Tucker Carlson acquired thousands of hours of footage about what happened on January 6, right. 2021. And he uh, promoted it heavily uh, starting on Monday. Uh, we're going to go through so much of this footage, which is so incriminating against um, uh, the government, really, uh, the, the, the Biden administration in terms of what really happened that day. The first Monday had a lot of footage. Then the next day, Tuesday, just a bit. And it was, I think, I mean, what I'm reading between the lines, the uh, I, the Murdoch family got nervous, you know, uh, especially with all the outrage. You know, and that wasn't that rich. The the lamestream media, uh, the mainstream media, they, they had no problems not seeing the footage. Yeah, we believe everything the Biden administration is telling us. And then when Tucker got the footage exclusively, they lost it. And it seems that, and I'm putting myself in Tucker's shoes, this is an exclusive. This is a scoop. Mm -hmm. This is so important. 
in terms of tearing down the narrative of the insurrection and then perhaps being told by his uh, uh, managers uh, that, no, um, it's too hot to handle. Uh, we're going to reel this back in. Mm -hmm. I would be furious. Yeah. You know, and the story of the century, really. It is. You know, I'll be at the centuries young, but I mean, there's still people rotting in jail that haven't even been charged yet as part of that uh, outrageous. Uh, I, I mean, insur I'm looking at some of the footage. I mean, the guy with the horns, when I first saw that, I thought that was a, an image from Comic-Con. Yeah. I thought the guy was going as Loki or something. Look, they're like just that. passively <laughs> strolling around, checking oh, yeah. out the scene. Yeah, and being welcomed like in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if it really was an insurrection, uh, wouldn't you want to, oh, I don't know, Tamara, call me outrageous, but, you know, bring weapons? Uh, because really, to do a revolution, you, you really need that part mm -hmm. to seal the deal. But there was no weapons here. So no. ab absolutely. You know, so it's another theory. But Tucker might be gone, but it's temporary. I can see him starting his own network even. You know, surrounding himself with some other key talent. Um, and he'll be back, I hope, bigger than ever. In fact, I'm I'm predicting that'll be the case. Yeah, and uh, I think so poor too. Fox News, you've like I said, that's your Bud Light moment, guys. Well, we have one final super chat to get through okay. from Ableist SL gives five dollars. Thank you. Can you please put archives of the rebel.media articles on the news on the new site? I want oh. to access them more easily without digging through third-party archives. I, by new site, I think maybe that's locals.com that oh. um, Ableist SL might be referring to. But uh, it's definitely something to consider and we'll keep in mind. I don't have that answer myself, but I'm sure that we could we could find that. And we're looking into it. Yeah. Well, if you're expecting some kind of technical answer from me, I mean, that, 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 that's like bringing your uh, Ferrari to a caveman and asking for a realignment. I mean, I have no idea. So but it's a good if point. Tamara yeah. doesn't have uh, doesn't know about this, uh, I am completely clueless. Well, so. it's just getting access to that content from 2015 to right. 2018. So that's kind of lost in the ether. And so how can we bring it back and make it easy to obtain again? So that's thanks for bringing that to our attention. It's something we will uh, look into. Is this something we need the expressed authorized consent from Major League Baseball? Yeah. I always hear that slogan. I have no idea what that means anyways. Anyways, folks, we uh, um, before you sign off, we have another ad. It's an important one, especially if you're a young, aspiring journalist out there. Uh, so we're just going to sign off. We're going to play that ad, and please uh, give it a, a look-see. I want to thank uh, super producers Efren and Olivia. I want to thank all of you who tuned in, especially those who gave us some do-re-mi. That's how uh, we keep the lights on here. And of course, my beloved co-host, Tamara Ugolini. Uh, it is so wonderful when you come in yes. in person, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's nice it, to be here. Uh, lives, you know, reunited and it feels so good, <laughs> I think the song was. I better shut up before I get into trouble. So, folks, I'll be back here tomorrow. I believe it's either with Sheila Gunn-Reed or Drea Humphrey. Mm -hmm. In the meantime... Stay safe and stay sane. Many journalists are really just advocates for woke ideology. They don't report the facts and they simply don't care about our fundamental freedoms. Well, we're doing something about that. What happens when the journalists themselves are really not paid for by the government? Can they possibly criticize the government freely? The law of society is the need for independent news. 
those who don't push back get away with it uh, all the time. And I think that that is the key is to push back and call them out of the box. Everyone kind of wants to be a YouTuber or a media star these days or whatever. And people always ask me, you know, well, how, how do you do it? What do you do? What's the secret? All that stuff. No matter what type of journalism you're doing, whether you're doing the advocacy journalism that Robbie does, whether you're doing the investigative reporting that Sheila does, uh, some of the gonzo journalism that David Menzies does, or whether you're working in fiction like CBC, no matter what, you are telling a story. Great. It's very informative. I learned a lot of stuff. I took so many notes. But it's definitely, it's definitely good to to, to be here. I'm really appreciating the, uh, the diversity of the speakers. They all contribute really specific uh, details on what to do as an aspiring journalist. It's been absolutely mind blowing uh, from start to finish. Firstly, beautiful hall. Uh, we've been stuffed. Uh, it's like Thanksgiving dinner every night. So that's amazing. Um, and the only thing that beats that are are the people, the people around us, the company, um, some amazing and unique individuals. The journalism conference has been great. Um, I met many prominent figures in this field and I got great advice. It was a really good um, conference, very good to meet all the lovely people here um, to get some inspiration and some experience. Our speakers, oh my gosh, they've been absolutely stupendous. I've uh, been learning so much. So grateful to have been invited to come. Thank you.